Hello and welcome to Automators, the show where we talk about making your devices do your work for you. Hello, David. Hello, Rosemary. How are you? I'm great. I'm uh, looking forward to talking about Siri shortcuts. It's always a fun topic and ground zero for automation and the automators. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know if we ever told the show the story about the origin of the show when we had planned it. We had recorded shows, and we went to WWDC, and Apple announced Siri shortcuts, and we had to throw a bunch of episodes in the trash and start over again. Yep, yep. Yeah. I mean, they're not completely gone, just for the really curious. They're sitting on a hard drive in my desk. Um, but uh, they uh, they uh, they were all about workflow and things like that, so uh, not great content when shortcuts was just being released. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we're talking today about updates to Siri shortcuts, and it's not June. I know. What's up with that? Well, it's March. I mean, there's an yeah. Apple event probably coming shortly after this episode releases. It hasn't been announced as we record. But, uh, I mean, w- we don't have crystal balls. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball at the very least, David. I'm not sure about you. So we don't know if Shortcuts is going to make it onto the stage. But, um, yeah, there are updates. And this is unusual for Apple. Yeah, I mean, I, I think normally we can count on I mean, Siri Shortcuts is really considered, in a lot of ways, a feature of the operating system. Usually, you only see updates to the operating system in June, you know, when they announce at WWDC and they ship sometime in September. Uh, for instance, Apple Mail, the app that we like to beat up on because it never gets updates, uh, there's no chance that we're going to see an update to Apple Mail anytime other than June. But for uh, whatever reason, Siri Shortcuts, partly because it's a separate download, I would presume, mm-hmm. uh, has been getting regular updates since it originally shipped. And it's very encouraging to see an Apple product, uh, especially an automation-themed product, uh, where they just keep putting the gas down. Yeah, it is. And this is one of the very few Apple apps, rather than operating system, that you can get a beta invite for. Now, I will grant you, you have to be a developer for this. That's not just having one of the free developer accounts, that's having one of the $99 a year developer accounts. And you have to sign up for it, and you may or may not get a spot Now, I have heard from a lot of people, and I'm pretty certain this is the case, a lot of the people who were on the Workflow beta have been invited to the Shortcuts beta, but that ship has long since sailed. The Workflow beta no longer exists. Um, So so the only way that you can get onto it now is if you're a developer, if you're not already on it. Um, And uh, But that's, that's another thing that's unusual for Apple. They don't usually offer betas of their apps. iMovie doesn't have a beta. Shortcuts does. Classroom app, which is a very niche project, does. But this is quite unusual. Yeah, and since they since we first covered Siri Shortcuts when it originally released, Apple has released an update. They want, uh, The 2.1 update came out in late 2019. And right now, as we sit here, both of us are on the beta for the 2.2 update. Uh, and these are not just bug fixes. They've added new features and new app integrations. And we thought it was time to catch up with that. And kind of on that theme, I'm as this course publishes, I'm releasing the 1.1 update of the Max Barkey Series Shortcuts Field Guide. Um, I've already added, as we record, six videos. There'll probably be at least about another five or six. I've got a bunch that I've recorded. I'm still editing. Um, if you are if you are already a customer, just go in there. You'll see that all the courses, all the individual courses, have either a 1.0 or 1.1 in the name now. If it has a 1.1, obviously that's a new one. Um, as this cor- as this publishes, I'm still getting all the closed captioning done. So on the 1.1s, the closed captioning isn't there yet. But if you need that, it'll be there soon. And also, just for giggles, I'm going to put out a um, a discount code just for Automators listeners. We're not going to write this down anywhere. It's Auto Siri, one word, A U T O S I that'll get you $10 off, but it's only going to be good for one week after the show publishes. So go to learn.maxbarkey.com. You can download videos for a bunch of the stuff we're going to talk about today. And also I'm going to include a couple of the videos in the um, in the feed for the show. So you can go ahead and just watch those for free. Excellent. Enough marketing there, enough talking about my stuff. Well, I mean, it's very useful content. And, you know, even if you're not in a position where you can afford a course or you think you already know everything about shortcuts, it's not, nobody knows everything about shortcuts except perhaps the developers. Um, but David's got some really great ideas and the free videos that he's sharing are excellent. So please do watch those. They're very enjoyable. Yeah, I, I really, it's like every time I open the app, I do figure out new things. It's interesting how, because it's such a different programming paradigm. I mean, recently we had John Syracuse on, 
who's coming at it from the traditional programmer model, whereas I'm not. Um, I, I did my f- uh, sh- fair share of programming back in the day, but not. You know, I'm, I certainly don't pay for my shoes doing it. And uh, I do like the visual interface of programming, and it is kind of fun kind of with new ways to figure this stuff out every time you open the app. Agreed. So, there have been updates. We should probably talk about what happened in these updates, shouldn't we? Yeah, let, let's start with the 2.1 update, uh, since that's that one is already out. Uh, we, we're hoping that by the time you get this show, the 2.2 update will be out, but we know uh, the 2.1 update is out, so the tools we're about to talk about are already in your pocket. Yes, and uh, let's start with weather, because everybody loves talking about the weather, don't they? Or is that just me being British? Uh, I don't really care about the weather because I'm in California. Well, you live in California, so you're just showing off. It's always the we same really, there, unless it's on really fire. Don't. Yeah, that's true, and that's a that's a whole different thing. But the um, but I uh, but actually we've had a lot of rain this year, so I have been uh, suddenly watching the weather for a little bit, but that won't last long. Well, uh, with uh, the weather, Shortcuts has added direct weather integration. So previously, uh, you were pretty much stuck with something like. Uh, carrot or dark sky api and doing all sorts of weird and complicated things which depending on your level of expertise with shortcuts may not have actually been weird or complicated but now there are built-in weather features so you can get the weather forecast and you can choose to get it at your current location or specific location and then you can get details of this and you can get all sorts of wonderful information so you can get the, the high temperature, the low temperature, the feels like temperature, the visibility, dew point, uh, UV index, sunrise and sunset times. And you don't need to calculate any of these. You don't need to translate it. So if I get the sunrise time, then I'm getting that as a time time. It's not seconds since Epoch or anything like that where I need to go and figure it out. It is the time. Yeah, I mean, I can't understate how much easier working with time is now in Siri shortcuts. Mm. Uh, before, what you had to do is there was no no access to it in the general Siri shortcut system. So the way we were doing it was well, API calls. I mean, that was yeah. always the the one example of an API call that everybody could relate to because everybody at some point wants to try and automate something around weather. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now it is just tons and tons better. Number one is you don't have to do goofy API calls, go get an account with Dark Sky and do all that. And then number two is the data they are giving you is pretty much everything that the iPhone has in terms of the current weather. And not only the current weather, but also forecast weather. So you can look into the future with, with you can pull forecast data out of it as well. And and like Rose was saying, the, the, the big hang up once you got the API call was you had to convert um, some universal weather, you know, basic to to what you the information you wanted, which was never easy and always complicated. And I guess I'd say the whole thing runs faster now too, because whenever you do an API call, Siri shortcuts has to go to the internet. You got to have an internet connection. It's got to get the information. It's got to pull it back. Whereas the the weather data, at least in my experience, my weather shortcuts are much faster now. Yeah. I mean, one of the other advantages to this is um, you can do a lot of this with the Carrot shortcuts, which the developer of the Carrot weather app, which is the homicidal weather app that threatens to kill me every second day, um, does. Is He also provides all of this information, which is amazing. But you have to use the clipboard because unfortunately shortcuts doesn't let him provide that information directly back to the shortcut. So he has to put it on the clipboard because there's no other way of doing that. Um, But because this is a built-in action, it provides output. And it provides this in a way so that if you then under, say, for example, get current weather, add a text block, then what you can do is you can tap the, for, to insert the magic variable weather conditions, and then you've got all of the options. So you can specify that from weather conditions, you want the pressure. So you can write a little thing that uh, Siri would read to you. Um, that would probably be better in the result uh action and then you can have all of this information without set variable get variable get details of uh weather conditions etc you can actually just condense this all down into one very small uh little shortcut which gives you exactly the information you need so if for example you have a good morning uh 
shortcut which walks you through what's happening today um, and if you live in California like David does and you really only care if it's going to rain today and when it's going to rain you can tell it to get the precipitation for example for the day uh, the precipitation amount or precipitation chance and it'll only tell you if it's above a five percent chance of precipitation for example so as an example the shortcut I'm going to share uh, from today's show allows you it's a it's a um it's a shortcut that gives you today's weather or tomorrow's weather and just gives me the information I want. You could go in and customize this. So when you open it up, it first gets the location of where your phone is. So, cause it's going to need that to get the weather later. And then it just has a list and it says, do you want uh, today or tomorrow? And then you could do more of these, but I, I made it simple. Um, and then you input from that, whether it's today or tomorrow. And if it's today, it gets the, your current location, which you've already drawn and then it goes and it chooses from a list because what it's doing on the weather end is it's got a list of forecasts over the next, I believe, 10 days. So you get to choose which one of those you want. If you wanted it three days from now, uh, you'd pick a, you'd pick the third item as opposed to the first item. Actually, that'd be the fourth item because today is the first item. Uh, anyway, mm -hmm. so it pulls all that weather and then it gets all of that as one data dump. And then I, I made just a... a um, a show result field where you could have done this with the text box too, where I just write some text. And and the ones that were important to me was I wanted to know the, um, first I said the weather today in the current location city. So it's just telling me the city that I'm in rather than the address I'm at. Mm -hmm. And then it, and it has some text. It says the high and low. So I'm going to know the high temperature and the low temperature, which frankly is the most important thing for me most of the year. Um, and then the chance of rain percentage, you could have had it tell the amount of rain, if we know it's raining, you could have told you what the uh, f uh, forecasted amount of rain. But here, once again, I just want to know if it's going to rain. And then I also have it give me the sunrise and sunset times because I, you know, sometimes I want to go work out in the garden or maybe go do some exercise. I'd like to do that before it gets dark. So um, I just have it. Those are the bits of data I have. And then I put that in an if statement. And then the otherwise half of the statement pulls the forecast for tomorrow. So instead of looking from the list, the um, the first item, I pull item number two in the index, which would be tomorrow. If I wanted to do that for three more days, I could add more statements and pull index three, four, and five, and I could get the forecast over five days. Um, so it's not super complicated. It, once you look at this, I'm like I said, I'll put the shortcut in the... Um, in the show notes so you can just download it and play with it and i'll also upload a video demonstrating how i use it um, but it's really nice to be able to create that on your own so uh, i know there's weather apps out there but getting the customized weather you want just the information you want there probably isn't an app that makes it just the way you want it yes and of course the advantage of this is you can use it via Siri and if you're using the show result then it would show that text in Siri and that does mean that you can activate this on something like a HomePod so you can be talking you can just walk around your home and you can say you know hello HomePod good morning um, and your HomePod will then go oh right yes that's the trigger I need to run the good morning shortcut and it will do whatever that entails including getting all the weather and it can do that easily because that's built into shortcuts and it has access to all of this information when siri shortcuts first launched everybody made their own version of the daily status report shortcut yeah. you know where you have a shortcut that says you know hello rosemary today you have three appointments your first appointment is blah 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 and the weather is blah 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 this is a great uh, th these tools make that much easier where before you had to go to api calls and do yep. go put yourself through all sorts of contortions to get that data. If you want to make your own daily status shortcut, and I would recommend putting that in the show result as well for the exact same reason Rose just explained. Um, you know, you could put your appointments, you could put, you know, the, the time, the weather, you know, whatever. And um, it's kind of nice uh, making your own little status update. It, it feels a little Star Trek to me. I kind of like that. Okay, well, it's time for our first sponsor break. And I would like to thank Creative Next for being the sponsor of this podcast, Automators. So this episode of Automators is brought to you by Creative Next. Creative Next is a new podcast focusing on future-proofing creators from AI automation. They believe the future of automation is about people like you and me, because work automation isn't all about industrial robots. 
Automation, driven by artificial intelligence, is already doing remarkable things, like impacting research, writing, marketing, art, design, engineering, and entrepreneurship. And this kind of thing is likely to accelerate in years to come. So this is what Creative Next covers. The first season is about learning, learning about AI and automation, understanding how machines learn with early automation successes, and how people will look at these in years to come. Creative Next is available from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you like to listen to your podcasts. Plus, they have a companion article series on Medium that's in partnership with Towards Data Science. Check it out at creativenext.org slash automators. That's creativenext.org slash automators. Our thanks to Creative Next for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Okay, that wasn't just the weather that we got updates for in the 2.1, though. We also got updates for the clock. And this was one of the things that used to kind of make me nuts about Siri shortcuts was when it shipped, you could add clock functions like alarms and timers, but there was no way to just set them in Siri shortcuts. Instead, you had to go create them on your phone and sometimes create them multiple times. And mm-hmm. like I had this yep. whole whole thing I would go through. I'd create an alarm and then I would force quit Siri shortcuts and reopen Siri shortcuts. And usually that would be enough to get it to say, oh, yeah, he made an alarm. You want to add that? Yeah. Yeah. That that was like uh, one of the most annoying things ever because I have an alarm set for 7.15 every day. Because if I don't wake up when my first alarm goes off, like I need to be up when, uh, by, at 7.15. Otherwise, my day is just going to go horribly. So I I always have this alarm, but it's not always enabled just because various different things happen. It might be that I need to actually be up by seven for some things, depending on what day of the week it is, if we're recording automators earlier or later in my day um, and things like that. Uh, but 7.15 is an alarm that I regularly set. And I set this via Siri and it would not show up. I don't know what was happening, but this one particular alarm, the one that I need most frequently, would not show up. And so now I don't have to worry about that because I can, if I search for alarm, then I've got two options. I can create an alarm or I can toggle an alarm and I can create one and I can give it a name and then I can set the time and whether or not I would like it to repeat, which is a very useful feature because you can say, for example, if you are going to be, for example, teaching somewhere for a week or you're going to be on a work trip, then you can set an alarm and you can have it repeat Monday to Friday and you can say, you know, okay, well, this is work trip two out of the four different work trips that I regularly do. So I need to set my alarm to this for this particular work trip and turn it on. And then you can have a return from work trip one, which toggles that alarm and turns it off for you. So I I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you can not only create them, but you can turn them off. So that opens up a whole bunch of options. Um, you can also add multiple alarms with a single shortcut. So let's say we'll talk about the work trip and on the work trip, you've got a couple things like number, you've got to wake up at a different time every day. You've got to, um, maybe you want to set an alarm for a lunch break or a nap break. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and then let's say you need to get back to check your email and kind of check things back at the office. So you want to, whatever you're doing while you're in your work trip at 4 PM, you want to go find time to kind of like do the daily update. Uh, so you've got these different alarms for a short period of time. You could create all three of those alarms in a single shortcut. Um, you could trigger it through the shortcuts app or with your voice or whatever. And then, like you said, when you finish trip, turn it off. But then you've still got that shortcut available to you. So the next time you take a trip, you do the same thing. I think if you traveled a lot, I think this could be really useful. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I use it for a lot because when I'm traveling, I can get up much later usually than I can get up here because I don't usually have to commute to work. And if I do have to commute to work from somewhere like Chicago, it's going to take me a very long time and I'm going to have to set a very early alarm. Um, Can I just say really quick how much I appreciate what you did? Uh, For those of you listening (laughs) who don't know, Rose came all the way to Chicago a few weeks ago and joined us on Mac Power Users Live. It was great. It was excellent fun. And if you haven't heard that episode of My Power Users, I'd highly recommend you go back and listen to it. I got a new MacBook Air and I'm all in love with it. So. You're still, still in love with it? Oh, it's so pretty. Of course I'm in love with it. Good. good. We had her on a social media lockdown. So when she came to Chicago, she wasn't allowed to tweet or anything. Yes. A- anyway. So, uh, 
yes. I, you know, another use for these alarms, I think, is the people who occasionally wake up early, but not, not you know, if you wake up early all the time, you can just set a repeating alarm and be done with it. But yeah. if you just occasionally wake up early, that's hard because, um, you know, you, uh, a repeating alarm just causes havoc. And maybe because you only occasionally wake up early, it's harder to get up early. You know, your body isn't really ready for it. Um, I, I think Mike Hurley was telling me he sets multiple alarms, like six or seven to get himself yes. up. Um, if that was you, you could create a series shortcut, set uh, six alarms, you know, five minutes apart, starting at 6 a.m. And um, at some point, <laughs> presumably, you know, you wake up. Um, yes. But that, that you could do that through automation, which is kind of nice. And and like I said, if you're only doing it infrequently, I think it's a lot faster to do it through a series shortcut than to go in and manually turn those off and on. Yeah. For some, somebody this would be really great for is somebody who does shift work. So, for example, they've got one week of night shifts, one week of evening shifts, one week of day shifts, and one week of early morning shifts or something. Um, and if they toggle, if you switch between multiple different kinds of start times and finish times, you and I probably had this when we went for Disney. I know my start and end times were all over the place, depending on what yeah. week I was in. Yeah. Um, then uh, it's great because then you can be like, okay, well, this is week pattern one, which means that I need reminders in my reminders to pack my lunch at this time and I need uh, alarms set for this time, but it will turn off all of the other ones as well. Um, and granted, you there is no, at the very least as far as I'm aware, there is no turn off all of the alarms. So unfortunately, you can't start a shortcut by turning off all the alarms and just enabling um, the ones that you want or creating the ones that you want. Um but you can um, toggle every single alarm that you have off. You'll have to add one toggle item for each alarm, which for some of us is a very good motivation to actually go in and clear out the 500 alarms that may or may not have been sitting in my clock application for a few years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they, could... they do multiply, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do, especially when you're just talking to it. Yeah, I yeah. use Siri all the time to create them. I, I create them for all sorts of dumb things. You know, like a lot of times I have alarms attached to appointments, but if I don't have an appointment attached, I'll just use Siri or my voice to create an mm -hmm. alarm. And then all of a sudden I'll look in my alarm app and there are like 30 alarms in there. You know, one for 2.38 p.m. I have no idea why I put that there one day, but it's there. <laughs> yep, yep, that's... One of these things. And uh, don't forget that uh, there are separate alarms on your Apple Watch as to the ones that are on your iPhone as well. So you may want to pop in and check on that if you're having a clear out. Those are those are more tedious to get rid of too, a little bit at least. Oh, yes, they are. Um, I When I used to work at Disney, I we um, there was a, they had what they call canoe races in the summer. If you go to Disneyland, there's a river there, you know, Rivers of America, I believe they call it. And the employees would have these races and you would have, you'd form teams. It was like a intramural competition, but it was at like 4.30 to 5 a.m. in the morning in the summer. So I would just work the night shift and get mm -hmm. off at like 1 or 1.30 and then we'd go to breakfast. And I mean, we just didn't even go to bed and then we'd show up and do the canoe race and then go home and crash. It was just like a totally different life. That, that, yeah. that, that was so easy for me back then. I'm not sure how well I would do that today. I'm not sure that I would oh, really uh, work. I'd probably fall in the river have, or something. I have days when I think I can do that really well. And then I, it sort of gets to the point where I'm part of the way through the, the rest of my day on the other side of crashing going, why did I do this to myself? It never works that well for me. I, I'm just at the point where I accept that I cannot do that well anymore. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, so uh, creating a calendar, uh, I'm sorry, timing events is is nice yes. with automation. It's it's a lot easier than it used to be. I don't think yes. this is it's it's super complicated. You just literally go in and you set a timer. But but uh, you can do fun stuff with it. Um, uh, one of the things I did was I created a Pomodoro timer that's in the new uh, update to the series shortcuts field guide, and and I cleverly used Do Not Disturb with it as well. So like if you want to get into a Pomodoro timing. Uh, turn on do not disturb you can like combine things together so when you start thinking okay i have timer skills and i also have a bunch of control over the things i can do with my phone uh see what you can do you know a meditation timer would be interesting um where you can just throw a button and let's say you're using time tracking you could run and you use an api call to run your time tracker set your meditation timer maybe turn your phone on do not disturb um all of a sudden you can like create in essence little apps that for yourself that do exactly things the way you want them done. 
Yes. And this is one of the things I've done. So I've got a series of shortcuts, actually, for tracking my time at work. Uh, but when I start my lunch time, it starts a 30-minute timer because I get 30 minutes for lunch. And um, usually I'm sitting at my desk anyway. So if the phone rings or uh, a very urgent email comes in, then I, I may stop eating and respond to it or stop relaxing and respond to it. Uh, but I need to be prompted to promptly change my timer back after lunch finishes. And so when I start specifically my lunch timer, it starts a 30-minute timer, um, which is really useful because then my phone rings afterwards. It's like, well, okay, right back into work mode. Uh, lunch is over. So. Yeah, that's very and that's really nice. The um, also in the one point one update, they added conversions, uh, which was a, a new function. You know, forever there's been apps on your phone that will convert, um, you know, like kilograms to to stone. I love stone as a unit measure, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, Rose. Don't ask me what that translates to. I have no idea. I thought every British person was supposed to do all weights in stones. Isn't that how? Isn't that a law for there or something? Well, apparently, but um, I, I live in mainland Europe, you, and I don't know. You to I, can't, I can't envision what a stone looks like, but ask me what a kilogram of flour looks like, and I'll let you know. I don't so. feel like I'm as heavy when I look at my weight in stone, so I guess that's why I like it. Well, there you anyway, go. That's a good uh, reason to check I, it then. And I, Actually, I didn't even look if you can convert to stone. I'm going to have to check that after we finish recording. But, but you can do all sorts of uh, unit uh, conversions, like... Uh, uh, one of the things I made in the 1.1 update is I made a temperature uh, conversion. Like uh, you can go between Celsius, Fahrenheit, and Kelvin. And uh, it's just simple calculations, but it's nice being able to now incorporate that into your shortcuts. Um, uh, and the conversions are on all sorts of different units. Um, and it's really nice to to now be able, once again, do that without API calls and making it more complicated. I guess the overall theme of all of these updates is they're looking at a lot of the friction points and trying to sand those down a bit. Definitely, yes. And real-time feedback. You can indeed convert your weight. It's under mass, not weight. So if you're looking to convert measurement, you're looking for mass. And you can convert uh, from pounds to stone. Or if you really want to make yourself feel light, David, how about tons? Yeah, there you go. There you go. You, you can be a very small weight of a ton, and uh, that's a very small number. There oh, we go. Feel better. I already feel better. <laughs> hey, that's that's what it's all about. So uh, that's one update that's already out. Um, oh, there's more. There's more. There's yeah. more. Yeah. Okay. iCloud sharing of shortcuts, which we've been doing off the show for a while now. Oh, that, yes, of that course. That came out with the one point one. Um, and then I want to talk quickly about shortcut syncing. As oh, yes. The, as the app launched, it was horrible. Um, oh yeah. For me, it has, and I believe this was with the 1.1 update. It has really sorted itself out. I've got an iPad and an iPhone, and my shortcuts just sync. I've not had a critical failure on that. I'm knocking on wood as I record this. Uh, I had initially in the series shortcuts field guide a video where I did nothing but make fun of syncing because it was so bad. And now I had to replace that with one where I show you how it works now because it works. But then I hear stories. I think, Rose, you told me in Chicago that you lost all your shortcuts. I didn't lose all of my shortcuts. I lost 493 shortcuts. How? What? How did that so, happen? So essentially, my syncing was broken. Now, I should highlight to all of our listeners, I use beta software. I use beta operating systems. My life is a beta. Um, and this means instability. And I am very aware of this. And I am pretty certain that all of my problems came down to the number of betas that were running and the fact that nothing was quite working as it was supposed to. So I took the nuclear approach. Um, not completely nuclear, but I turned off iCloud uh, syncing in the settings. So in settings under shortcuts, you can disable and enable the syncing of the order of shortcuts and the syncing of shortcuts themselves. So I turn this off on all of my devices. I uninstalled shortcuts from all of my devices and I reinstalled shortcuts on all of my devices. Now, before I uninstalled, I backed up my shortcuts. And if you're going to do this, please, 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 please back up your shortcuts because the last thing you want to do is lose something that you spent time working on or just which version of this shortcut was it that I was using? In some cases, that's very hard to find out, um, especially with something like a toggle time tracking shortcut. Which of the 8 billion ones was it? So I backed everything up um, and I ran a, I, I'll, I'll include my backup. Um, a shortcut in the show notes. 
And um, so I backed everything up and it told me that I had, I can't even remember how many shortcuts I had now. I think it was 1016 on my iPhone and I had less on my iPad and I already knew this. Um, And then I reinstalled it and I had zero shortcuts, which was slightly terrifying to start with. And then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go away. Going to go eat some chocolate. I'm going to watch an episode of Star Trek and I'll come back. And after my episode of Star Trek, I'm very pleased to report that 50% of my shortcuts are pretend. <laughs> and uh, for the other 50%, I know which ones they are because, again, I did a backup. And uh, I created a shortcut, which is called install missing shortcut. I didn't just panic replace everything that was missing because I knew I, I know I need to clean out my shortcuts. I still have about... 800, I think, because there was stuff wasn't syncing properly and it wasn't lining up between devices. Um, yeah, there, there was an equal whenever, risk there that you were going to end up with two of every shortcut, you know, right? Exactly. It could have been terrible. So I'm quite glad that I ended up with less than planned. Uh, and then, so I've got this install missing shortcut and it just gives me the option to search and I do, I make myself search so I don't just scroll through a list of all of the shortcuts that I previously had on my phone. I have to type in um, a, a keyword to search for it. And then it will present me with the option to install that shortcut. I have to choose one and then I'll install the shortcut, install the missing shortcut. And I can provide all of these in the show notes. Um, and uh, that's worked quite well because I have got less shortcuts than I started with, not by many, but my sync is working perfectly. So the payoff was 110% worth it. Um, just for everybody out there, how do you back up your shortcuts? Uh, very simple. I had a shortcut which had... Uh, the first action was get shortcuts, and then the second action was save files. Um, so I just saved them, and I put. Um, so I did one different folder per device that I I had the shortcuts on. So I had backup slash uh, iPhone XS Max and backup slash iPhone uh, i eleven inch iPad Pro. Um, and then, so I knew which ones had come from which devices because also I knew on my iPad some of them were out of date because. They had synced and then they stopped syncing for whatever reason, which is why I took the the approach that I did of uninstalling everything and reinstalling everything and crossing my fingers and hoping for the best. And it did work out. And you can just save them to your iCloud account. It's not difficult. Exactly. I saved them into iCloud. Uh, they These are not big files. They don't take up masses of space. Um, and uh, they're, they're all backed up. And whenever I find that I'm missing one, then I restore it. In some cases, I found that I had ancient versions of them lying around. So clearly, when things got stuck, the state that they were in on my iPad was the state that they, the, the iCloud thought that they were in. Um, but reinstalling has fixed all of my syncing woes. So if you have got the latest updates and you're having syncing issues, I will write up my entire backup process and how I did everything in the post that accompanies this show um, so that you can, um, as you can also hopefully restore your thinking uh, to the state it should be in. Yeah, and that's probably not a bad idea. No matter how many shortcuts you have, if you spent any time making them, just go ahead and run a backup occasionally yeah. and uh, and put them in there. I've got like about 200. I, I think I have, uh, I prune my shortcuts more often than you. Um, I'll mm-hmm. make them and kill them often. And if I'm not using them, I just don't keep them around. Um but I, I think maybe part of the reason was just the number you had, but also you've been running betas and, but I mean, so have I, and, um, it was a mess for a while. So I'm sure there was just some cruft left over. Yeah. I, I think it's one of these things at one point in the beta, like there to start with when shortcuts beta, um, launched, they did not have, um, the, the syncing turned on and then it was turned on. But I think at that point, I was away from one of my iPads that I had then. So that confused things and it made everything get a little bit messed up. And yes, that's just what happens when you run betas. But I accepted that risk when I, I joined the beta. So, all right. Well, there you have it. Uh, back up your stuff, gang. Uh, but overall, yes. I would say that it's much more stable now and it is actually works. Like, for instance, I keep a lot of, you know, a lot of my. We're going to talk later about what we'd like in the future, but right for now, there is no folder structure. So I use color coding to keep like, you know, the OmniFocus stuff is purple and the time tracking stuff is orange. And, you know, I just got ways so when I scroll through it, I can get to what I want quickly. And all those orders now are being honored across the system. Uh, but I'm not an extreme case. You know, I only have two devices, a phone and an iPad, and I 
while I have a lot of shortcuts, I don't have uh, Rosemary Orchard level. I'm not into four digits. <laughs> well, I, I just double-checked. Um, and according to my iPhone, I have 493 shortcuts. And I just deleted 10 untitled shortcuts um, because I, I frequently don't name them, which is my way of knowing that I should go back and delete it later, which is something I like to do on the tram. Yeah, just when you're testing things, right? I do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Or sometimes I do these to do one-off actions because I don't need to keep this. But at the time that I'm doing it, the easiest way to resolve my issue is via shortcuts. So I just get on with it. All right. Well, before we continue, I'm going to talk about our sponsor, and that's our friends over at ExpressVPN. High-speed, secure, and anonymous VPN services. You can get three months free with a one-year package. Um, so this episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We can probably all hold our hands up and admit cybercrime is something we think happens to other people. Uh, because who would want your data, right? You know, it's like every side don't have anything to lose. But the bad news is stealing data from people like you and me using public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest ways for hackers to make money. And the way they do that is they go into Starbucks and they set up some kind of fake um, Wi-Fi signal where you can use their Wi-Fi and they're detecting your traffic as it goes through. They get all the ones and zeros. They get your data out of your email. And once they get into your email, then it's game over. So if you leave your internet connection unencrypted, your passwords and credit card numbers are vulnerable. But there's something you can do to protect yourself from cyber criminals, and that's to start using a VPN. And ExpressVPN is the one we recommend. ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address with easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device. I was in Chicago for several days, spent a lot of time in places that had public Wi-Fi. All I had to do with ExpressVPN is open the app and press one button. You just press one button, and then you're, you're safe and secure. Um, so you can turn on ExpressVPN with the click, and then you're free to safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. It even comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Uh, like I said, when I was in Chicago, this was just super useful to me, but I have had a VPN service for a long time, and I love having ExpressVPN all the time when I go to places that have open Wi-Fi. Starbucks is a good example. A lot of mornings I spend there getting some work done. I never connect to their Wi-Fi without having ExpressVPN turned on. Um, so for less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So go to expressvpn.com slash automators to learn more. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash automators. That's expressvpn, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash automators for three months free with a one-year package. And our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of Automators and all of Relay FM. So we've got some new stuff coming, Rose. Uh, both of us are in the beta, and uh, we're, we're hoping that by the time the show airs, it'll be out. But if not, I'm sure it's not far off. Let's talk about the goodies that are coming. Oh, yes. And boy, oh, boy, these are good ones. So uh, people who've listened to my power users may or may not be aware of David's love of note-taking applications. Well, did love this cause you word. to switch? Love is one word. <laughs> did, did this shortcuts beta cause you to switch again, David? Yeah, well, you know, I just can never seem to be, I just can't get settled on a note-taking app. You know, I want an app that I can just drop text into. And then when Apple, and for the longest time, you know, I was using plain text apps for that, you know. and But when Apple did release um, the update to Apple Notes, I have to admit, I, I like the ability to add photos and other sorts of metadata to the Notes app. It's kind of like a, um, a simplified version of Evernote, if that makes any sense. It's local to mm -hmm. me on my system. So I used it that way for several years. Um, last year, I did an extended experiment with, um, with Bear, which is another note-taking app out there. Very um, markdown-friendly. It does allow you to put metadata in, and it is super automation-friendly. It, it, I mean, there's so much you can do uh, through series shortcuts with Bear that you cannot do with Apple Notes. Uh, but frankly, I found that I wasn't really doing much of that automation. And 
Um, I don't really like the way Bear displays the text because it puts all the um, markdown like syntax on the page where I don't really need it. I understand markdown. I wrote a book about it. I, I don't need to see like the hashes for the headings and things like that. So, so ultimately, I've decided I'm just going to stick with notes for now. And as I was making that decision, I got this beta and they said, oh, by the way, Siri Shortcuts now supports Apple Notes. So it's kind of like a couple things happening at once. But yay, we get Apple Note or at least a basic level of Apple Note support through Siri Shortcuts now. Yeah. I mean, we always had the ability to create notes in Apple Notes, but that was kind of it. It was this one-way entry into a black hole and uh, y- you were stuck with it. But now you can find notes, and then once you found it, you can append to it or you can show it, um, which is really actually surprisingly useful. So, for example, we have a shared note for the show where we store uh, topic ideas. We we do the individual show notes in Quip where we do all of our planning and everything because that's very good for collaboration and tends to support iOS faster than uh, Google does uh, when it comes to new devices and new operating system features. Um but this means that we we can now use shortcuts to just append an idea to our topic ideas note, which is fabulous. And I'm very excited by that. Yeah, the appended text is, I think, the most interesting new feature. So yeah. if you have any sort of running list note, uh, you can use it for this. I've got a couple things I've been doing with it. Um, uh, and and it, if you want to try dictation, I think this is a fun one to do it. I created a shortcut where it, prompts me to dictate text and then it just appends it to an apple note so on some of my running things where like i get off the phone with a person and i've got a note um where i'm tracking the stuff we're working on that project i can just quickly uh, create an entry without even going in apple notes and just using my voice and that kind of stuff i think is really a, a nice addition Yes, and I, I would make a, a point here um, because some people who are used to using things like drafts or bear will know that usually you can just use the ID of the note to append to it and you can get that ID from bear or from drafts or from Ulysses. Uh, short, uh, shortcuts and notes don't have that kind of relationship. Uh, notes is a little bit more closed off about things like this. It's a little more British, perhaps. Um, and instead, it makes you search. And so um, you need to use the find notes where applic- uh, sh- action to then get the note that you want so that you can append to that note. Um, also, that you can show that note, um, which is a minor limitation, which I'm perfectly happy with because it just adds one extra action because you can actually specify, for example, name contains or name matches, um, and then you can limit it. So I have, uh, for example, exactly one uh, note with automated show notes ideas, or show ideas, sorry. Um, And uh, I know that I've only got one, so I've limited that to one. So I only ever get one note back from that search. Yeah, I do feel like it's a little bit of a letdown, though, because the way Ulysses and Bear does it is there's actually a specific ID attached to every record that Mm -hmm. you create. And that is certainty, right? The way you get around it with this new thing with search shortcuts with notes is you, you search for it, but what if for whatever reason, what if you accidentally duplicate that note and you have two with the same name, um, all of a sudden you added uncertainty to the process. And uh, I do like the idea of a specific ID for, you know, specific locations, but you know, what are you going to do? I will note if you add choose from list under the fine notes where action, um, then you can, you can of course choose and you can of course make this a little bit more complicated by doing a count. If, um, count equals one, then just get that item. Otherwise get items, choose from a list. Um, oh, that's but clever, that, that, Rose. That was a good one. I like, I didn't think of that. So, so the idea there is if the re- results get you just one result, then okay, just go ahead and drop it in. But if it gets you two, let the user More choose. Than one. Yeah. 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 Make make you choose. Yeah. yeah. Which which is a way around it, but th- then you're adding like, well, at least on my iPhone tennis max, that's a screen's worth of actions. Yeah. Um, however, because this is shortcuts, what you can of course do is you can put that in a shortcut, which is hand and uh, just call it something like handle multiple notes. Um, yeah. and then just add after the fine notes where add run shortcut, handle multiple notes, and then uh if there are multiples, it will set. It will make you choose. Otherwise, it will just send the one back, and you only ever have to add that one action, and then you can handle that in multiple places as well. Yeah, and that's something we we haven't talked about much here. But you can certainly create subroutines of Siri shortcuts 
and we're getting very programmery at this point, but if you do something repeatedly and you have like that workflow of choosing between multiples and you're going to make a bunch of um, different shortcuts that relate to Apple Notes, why not make it a subroutine that you just drop in with the run shortcut command rather than having to create it from scratch every time? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, we did talk about subroutines a little on the shortcuts home screen episode, which we will, of course, link to in the show notes for more details. All right, so uh, we got more notes. That's great. Um, also, yes. maps and directions are going to get better oh, yes. with 2.2. Yeah, and so if you are in China, I believe, then uh, Show Directions now supports Baidu Maps, which I have probably said correctly, and it's probably not even China because I'm having one of those days. Um, but yes, so there's uh, support for an extra provider. But my favorite one here is the travel time. So it tra get travel time returns so much more information now. So you no longer have to get the amount of time that your travel time is going to take and get the current date and time and calculate and adjust that. You can just get the arrival time, yeah, which saves so many actions when you need it. So I'm a big fan of that. Well, I, th I think they probably saw how many people were running subroutines like that with um, yes. the numbers and realized, oh, let's make this easier. And let me just say, I had I had to look up Baidu maps. It is super cool. I wish we had those in the United States. They it's like a SimCity render of your city. Uh, oh, it is. It's cool. I wish I wish we had those. Uh, but yeah, so maps and directions are going to get easier. Um, not only does it give you arrival time, it gives you distance and route name. So it's like you can you can give a much more detail. You know, everybody has that that Siri shortcut that tells their spouse what time they'll be home. That just got a lot easier. Yes. And if you don't have one, this is your homework challenge. Make one. Make yeah. one to tell yourself when you're going to get home um, as well. Because I, I, you know, on my way home from work, I'm there going, so when am I going to get home? Trying to plan things out. And if I miscalculate when I'm going to be home, that throws off my entire routine. Because I'll get home 10 minutes later than I thought and go, oh, well, now I don't have time to do the laundry. Or I get home 10 minutes earlier. That's the worst. If you get home earlier than you think, and you've got this mental plan of what you're going to do for your day in your head, then you go, boy, I've got 10 minutes to sit on the sofa. That's the most dangerous 10 minutes you can possibly have in your day. <laughs> that derails me every single time. I can sit on the sofa for 10 minutes, and four hours later, I haven't moved. But I have watched four episodes of Elementary. So I've got this image of you like standing outside your house, just looking at your watch. Just no, I'm not going in early. This isn't going to work. Take a walk. <laughs> I should do that actually if I get home earlier than planned. But I don't need to do that anymore because I have a shortcut that tells me when it thinks I'm going to get home, which is usually off by a few minutes because I take public transport and walk, and there's no public transport transit support for Vienna. Um, but that's besides the point. <laughs> the um, dictionary values is another thing that I think oh, it's kind of like yes. an intermediate level series shortcut skill that a lot of people start to pick up. Um, now you can go into the dictionary and th they've just made everything easier and more accessible with this. Uh, yeah. This is probably my favorite part of the 2.2 update, really. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, this is possibly my second favorite part. So essentially, the get dictionary value, you can now get nested values. So you can go down four or five levels without having to do get dictionary value four or five times. And you just um, combine these with a single dot. So there's a full stop or a period, as the Americans call it. Um, and you just do, so key dot key dot key, and then you've got whatever is under key dot key dot key, um, which makes getting deep down into some of these things much faster. Because I know, for example, my work time tracking uh, shortcut, I have to go five levels down into a dictionary, um, which is five actions. But I only need one act, one value right at the bottom of that. So guess what? I've just condensed all of that into one, and boy oh boy, does that make my life easier. Uh, Rose, at what point do you um, feel like it makes sense to add a dictionary to a shortcut? Well, so this is where the difference between lists and menus and dictionaries comes into play. And I've got a blog post on this. I'll make sure to link it. It was written for workflow, but the the theory behind it has not changed at all. So a list gives you what you choose. Okay, so if you've got a list of carrots, tomatoes, and bananas, and you choose bananas, you get bananas. Or like uh, the one I did earlier, today, or want the weather for today or tomorrow. Exactly. Um, yes, so uh, assuming that's a list, then yes, choose today, get today, choose tomorrow, get tomorrow. And lists in shortcuts are words. Um, a dictionary is 
If I say bananas, give me fruit. If I say tomatoes, give me fruits that people think are vegetables. And if I say carrots, <laughs> give me vegetables or root vegetables, if we're being very precise. Um, and then a menu is if I say today, give me today's weather because I don't really want the word today. I want today's weather. And if I say tomorrow, give me tomorrow's weather. Um, and so a list gives you text and a dictionary can give you text or it can give you a list of items. It can give you all sorts of things back. That's where dictionaries can get quite complicated. And a menu gives you actions and it does not give you the text that you've chosen. So you can call it whatever you like. You can give it the summarize emoji if you want. Um, and then, But it gives you whatever is inside that menu item because for the start with confession here when i was first using workflow i didn't realize that lists existed so i had this really complicated system of a very long menu and inside of every menu entry was a text box with the same text as was in the menu yeah um which was um, perhaps one of the least efficient shortcuts i've ever created but it was great fun and a really good way to learn yeah i mean and, and honestly when they first started that stuff was dropping in like every week so it's possible oh, yeah. when you started they didn't have a list um, Quite possibly. I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling at that point I wasn't really paying attention. I was just there going, well, this seems really cool. I should play with it. Yeah. Why am I not getting the text back that I've chosen for my menu? Oh, this is complicated. I'll just put text boxes in. Um, and here we are today, running automators. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's very useful. And it's something that as you get further down the series shortcut stack, you need to understand that and start putting those dictionaries into effect. It's nice uh, for more detailed shortcuts. Um, uh, some additional changes we've got coming up with 2.2. Uh, when you adjust date, you can get the start date of a week, which is kind of mm -hmm. fun. Um, what are the, some of the other things that are coming in 2.2? You can get numbers from input. Now, I'm just going to give you a little background on the get something from input because there are several. There's get text from input, there's get numbers from input. But essentially what this does, so if I have a sentence that says buy 42 carrots. Okay, Don't ask me why I'm buying 42 carrots because I don't have a good reason. But the 42 are That's numbers. Good I like carrots. 42 is a good number. I'm, I'm exactly. Maybe it should be spicy carrots. All right. um, but then if I get numbers from input, if the 42 are in numbers, um, so the, the symbol for forum two, then it will get 42 out of this. And that's very useful because this will then just get those numbers. Um, whereas, say, for example, if I've got a web page and I do get text from input, it's going to get the text out of the web page for me. Um, and text also includes numbers. These are not uh, the kinds of variables that we are used to as programmers, perhaps. But these are very useful for just getting that specific information that you need um, from something. So, for example, say... Um, if you are talking to an API and it gives you the temperature with C or F at the end for Celsius and Fahrenheit, but you you know that you're getting it back in Celsius um, and you actually want to do something and convert it somehow or, I don't know, make a picture out of it, which is, of course, possible in shortcuts because you can do any of this, um, and you just want that 42, then you can get a number from the input and then it will just get that for you. Yeah, and you know, just uh, this is a programmery thing, but uh, there in string, there's a string of text which is just text like typing on your keyboard, and there are numbers which are numbers you can perform calculations on. Uh, you can have the number forty-two, or you can have a text string that has a four and a two in it, and uh, the computer or the phone might treat those differently. And now you can actually grab them as a number. And that, that's very useful because it also means, um, and this is something that people find occasionally. So say, for example, you've got an email with uh, your your um, work times um, and you just want to get the times out of it. Well, now you don't have to use regular expressions to try and match the numbers because you can get numbers from input and that gives you all of the numbers. You'll have to figure out how to pair those up, of course. Um, but you can get numbers from input and that will do exactly what you need. The, uh, the other thing that's uh, nice about this, and I think this is the feature that Rose probably likes just as much as I do, probably probably more. Um, I use the bottom of my shortcuts list as like my lab area. I've always got a couple I'm working on down there. And mm -hmm. then I, I don't like drag them into the order until they're, you know, I'm happy with them and then they be, they made the team, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> when you've got, you know, hundreds of these things scrolling to the bottom takes forever. 
uh, with this update, if you just tap the library button, it just jumps to the bottom. And uh, yes. that is a great feature. It's, it's kind of silly, but it's a great feature. Yes, uh, this is apparently a day for Rose's confessions. When this feature was first announced, I thought it wasn't working for me because I kept tapping the library text at the top um, because I was expecting it to be near the clock icon because if you tap on the clock, for people that don't know, you will scroll to the top. Yeah. Okay, and this works in Safari, this works um, in Shortcuts, this works in pages, news, everything. Uh, it's the library button at the bottom next to the gallery button. Yes. That's the one that you need to tap to scroll to the bottom. And then, uh, funnily enough, that is working for me. It says library <laughs> at the top, but that's not what you tap on. You tap on the, the little button with the four squares at the bottom, which kind of yep. makes sense because the top button is so close to the go to the top button that I could see uh, some problems. That's the other thing, because I, I, I thought that maybe um, the, the touch target was a little off on my phone, so I was scrolling up a little bit. And then, you know, when you scroll up, it takes on the title from being the top left yeah. to the top middle. It makes it a bit smaller. And then I was tapping on that and scrolling back to the top and going, this is not working at all how it's supposed to. <laughs> like, do I need to file a radar on this, or am I being very silly? Um, and it turns out I was being very silly. But that's okay. Everybody has silly days. All right. Well, we've gone long, but I don't care. Let's talk a little bit about iOS 13 and uh, things oh, yeah. we'd like to see show up with Siri Shortcut. Since we're talking about updates, I imagine 2.2 is going to be the last update before we get what would presumably be 3.0 in June. So there are a lot of things that I think, I mean, personally, I would classify these as a small uh, small enhancement. That's from a end-user perspective. I know from a programming perspective, these would not necessarily be small features that they could do to still bring shortcuts a lot further this year. But that wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily be 3.0 um, features or gatekeepers, as it, as it were. And I'm sure you've got some of these as well, David. But uh, I'm, I'm just going to go with some of them. Um, because, for example, the ask for input, this is something I use all the time. But every so often, not most of the time, but every so often, I want to run these shortcuts via Siri. Now, wouldn't it be great if ask for input would go, hey, I'm being run by Siri. I'm going to wait for dictation and I'm going to pause. I'm going to stop automatically when they, when they pause so the shortcut continue. That, for me would be a killer feature. Yeah, that opens up so many options because there's so many shortcuts that do require some sort of input. And yeah. like even just like, if I could hang up the phone with a client and say, you know, magic word Siri, uh, set up new corporation project, you know, and, yeah. and then suddenly as a lawyer, that's like one of the things I do. And then say, oh, okay, what's the name of the company? Who's the, whatever. Maybe just give me one input even that would open up a bunch, but I'd like it if I could do two or three and then yeah. suddenly that just is in my OmniFocus database the project is set up with the proper variables um you know just collection of variables through voice is something that i think is obvious and, and would make things work i also think that honestly though just the the home pod experience needs to improve anyway it, it that's the one piece of serious shortcuts that still isn't entirely stable for me so maybe yeah. they need to nail that down now, I know, Rose, you've got an article coming out with some of the things you wanted to do with iOS 13. So we'll, uh, yes. if that's out, we'll put that in the show notes. And you dropped this on me just as we were starting to show. So I, I haven't really thought it through as much as you. But I can tell you some things I would like with iOS 13 and Siri Shortcuts is just to simplify the organization and programming process. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like, that would be key. Yeah, folders for the shortcuts would be nice. And also... Just the fact that, like, when you do something that's tedious, like in, um, like, I think about something like Keyboard Maestro, which is a similar paradigm, but it's very easy in Keyboard Maestro to select multiple items, you know, and copy and paste them. And you can't do that on Siri shortcuts. You have to go back to dragging every individual step in. And I think that is, uh, that's a stumbling block for making longer shortcuts. Yes, it is. Um, and I mean, some of these things, you know, it, it's going to be tricky. So I would love a Mac version of shortcuts, but that is oh, definitely man. a 3.0 feature. Yeah, um, actually, oh, honestly, in some cases, I'd love the ability to edit this on a Mac, not even run it, just view it and edit it. Um, because I've got some shortcuts where even a 13-inch iPad screen is not going to cut it. It would be nice to plug it into a 27-inch screen and you know, see what my shortcut really looks like. And I know you can get the API data of a shortcut and you can... Uh, edit these as XML files, but I don't like editing XML files. I like pretty pictures. Um, and that's what Shortcuts is. A similar problem for me, and this goes back to like early days with Workflow. I was on the beta, and every time I see the guys from Workflow, now Siri Shortcuts, 
and they always say, well, what, you know, what would you like improved? One thing, it's just like an obvious thing for me is the text field in Siri shortcuts is terrible. It's like five oh, or six so lines. And, yeah. you know, if you have, like, I have these shortcuts that run these complicated OmniFocus creation scripts. And every time I go in there, I feel like I'm diffusing a bomb. You know, it's like, because if you get something wrong, it screws up the entire shortcut and you can barely move in there. You have to have an iPad connected to a keyboard at a, at a minimum, but even then there, there can be problems. And like, so yeah. kind of that usability stuff to create the more expanded uses. Like if you hit the text box, why not just open to a full size text window or at least something more than that very tiny little text entry field that they have. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would definitely be great. I mean, it, like if it, only shows three or four lines when you're scrolling through, that's fine. But when I tap into it, if I've got a lot of text, it would be really nice if that opens up. Though I will mention uh, there are uh, two ways I work around this. If it's text, I don't really edit that often and I just want to avoid myself messing it up. I save it as a file and then I get the file um, and I just store these in, I have a folder in shortcuts called meta um, because it's just stuff that is retrieved by shortcuts. This is also useful if I want to share information between multiple shortcuts, um, then the same template, for example, can be called for multiple shortcuts. And in others, I use drafts. And I have a tag in drafts called um, shortcuts text um, and a workspace that I can easily access this. Um, and then I, I get the contents of a draft because every draft has a universally unique ID. And so you can just get the contents of a draft from the ID and then pull that into your shortcut, which means that when I want to edit, I've got that lovely full screen view and all of my drafts automations and formatting options right under my fingers. But when you do that, you still have to attach variables, correct? It depends on what kind of thing I'm doing. Sometimes sometimes I just need lots of text um, and I'm, I'm going to use it as is. But if you if you need the variables, it's not an ideal solution, no. Yeah, see that, and that's where the hang-up is for me. Of like the, the example of the OmniFocus project template is I've got throughout that variables with maybe a client name, a company name, a contract name, or whatever, sometimes four or five different variables that are throughout that whole thing. And it's that process of trying to drop those variables in uh, where madness ensues. Um, uh, another one related to that is magic variables are an amazing thing, especially for people without a lot of programming experience. They're not that discoverable. Um, they, I, I feel like, you know, like renaming them is, is really is the only way to do it that makes any sense, but it's not obvious how to do that. I would like to see them get like, put the pedal down on magic variables even more, make them easier to discover and use, and maybe even have them, uh, auto name or do something better than the way they are currently run. Yes, that that would be very useful. I'd also like the ability to unset variables that I've previously set, just because sometimes you end up with a really long list of variables, yeah. and you're there scrolling through, going, "Okay, where's that one that was three steps back?" Of course, then you just go to find magic variables, and you you stop doing the horizontal scroll above the keyboard. Um, but it would be really nice to sometimes, you know, sometimes you need to grab something multiple times but then that's it you don't need it anymore being able to unset that variable would be very useful yeah you know going, going back to your discussion of the apple i would on the mac i'm sorry i would love to have series shortcuts on the mac would i love it enough to have them slow down on ios development so they could make that happen that's, that's the tricky part that's a harder question for me i'm not sure you I know what this... i really want with ios 13 I want the the shortcuts team to clone themselves. Yes, there we go. So that then half of them can work, <laughs> or one one group of them can work on iOS, and one group of them can work on macOS, and they need to have full brain power. So if they can get right on that, Apple's got the money; they'll be fine. I feel like with the power of Apple events, that you probably could make it happen on the Mac, but um, I feel like at this point, it's in such an an early stage for this automation, and it is the only game in town on iOS. I would almost prefer that they put all their effort into making it work better on iOS before they go to the Mac, but eventually I would like to see it on the Mac too. Yes, and I will mention somebody, I'm sure, I'll am i see if I can find a link to it to put it in the show notes. Somebody has made a JavaScript editor for shortcuts, I believe, um, and uh, it looks pretty good, but I, I, I love native solutions. So if the shortcuts team were able to do this, and of course I'm sure they've got tons of free time and they love doing work in their free time as well as at work, um, that would be great. But as it is, I am very happy with shortcuts, I have to say. Now, I haven't read your article yet. Is there anything else that we haven't covered in terms of things you'd like to see? 
No, most of the other things are iOS and macOS related, though. I'm sure by the time I finished it, there will be a few other goodies in there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Apple, for continuing to update Siri shortcuts. I think that's a good sign. I still think that this is an experiment uh, from Apple executives, you know, this whole thing. Um, every, every time I see the Siri shortcuts theme, the one thing they always say is, thank you for talking about us and please have people make Siri shortcuts. They haven't said to me explicitly, but I do think that Apple is paying attention to how many people use this and that is going to affect uh, how much or how little love this application gets going forward. So everybody try out some yeah. shortcuts. Um, and install it on your grandma's iPhone and tell her just to ignore it. It's fine. Yeah. It just oh, needs to be installed. Oh, I like that. That's a good one, Rose. I like that. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to do that with my kids, too, because they, they don't use this stuff. But maybe I'll just install yeah. them on their phones. Um, yeah. and anyway, and I, I'm really happy to see these updates coming. I can't wait to cover future updates together here um, on automators. And and I, if you've got some cool Siri shortcut stuff, this would be a great time to share it over in the automators forum at talk.automators.fm. Thank you to our sponsors today. That's our friends over at Creative Next and ExpressVPN. Uh, did I miss anything, Rose? Nope, that's everything. All right, we'll see you in a couple weeks.